The Orthodox Journey. In this edition of The Orthodox Journey, we reflect upon the Holy Gospel reading for the sixth Sunday of Luke. Our Saint of the Week is Saint Dimitrios the Myrrhbearer and patron saint of Thessaloniki. We also bring you our spiritual reflection. This is The Orthodox Journey. The Holy Gospel. In today's Gospel, we hear of the man who was possessed by many demons. He had so many demons that he called himself Legion. A legion was a Roman regiment numbering 6,000 soldiers, indicating that the man was possessed by many demons. The man lived around the tombs naked and tormented. The community around him was terrified of him and his relatives would chain him to stop him terrorising others. This poor man is an icon of alienation from our true selves, others and life itself that evil so easily works in us. This man needed the healing and cleansing of his soul, the restoration of his humanity. Like St Paul, he needed to die to sin and rise to a new life in Christ. When Jesus approached the man, the demons were brought to their knees. The demons proclaimed Jesus to be the Son of the Most High. The demons recognised and feared him. When Jesus commands them to leave the man, they request that they be allowed to enter the swine. They are permitted this request. The swine become possessed, rush down the hill and jump into the lake and drown. The demons were preventing the man from coming near to Christ. What demons prevent us from allowing Christ to enter in our life? They are the passions, jealousy, laziness, hatred, pride, lust, envy, etc., The closer we come to Christ, the light allows us to see clearer the things that prevent us from emptying ourselves and allowing Christ to enter. When Jesus cast out the demons, the man whom everyone feared became peaceful. He was healed. He was quiet and at peace at last. The Holy Fathers tell us that we must preserve our inner peace at all cost and not trade it for anything in this world. In order to do this, we must be with the Lord constantly in our thoughts. Let us learn to turn to God and seek him ceaselessly through prayer. Then the sweetness of our Lord will overcome every evil thought. 
As you read in the Gospel, those who had been feeding the swine were scared and fled into the city to inform the people of what had happened. Understandably, the man whom Christ delivered wanted to follow Jesus, but the Lord told him to stay there and proclaim all that God had done for him. He did not say, what I have done for you, but what God has done for you. According to the blessed Philip, the Lord gives us an example of humility and teaches us that we should attribute all our accomplishments to God. The restored man was asked to do the difficult task, to stay with the people who knew him and how he was before. Through the man's staying, Jesus gives the people another chance to see the light and be transformed. He is asked to offer a faithful testimony to our Lord. Then comes the unexpected. The people who witness this miracle ask the Lord to leave. One would have thought that they would have wanted Jesus to stay with them after such a miracle was performed, that they would have been filled with joy to see the man healed and restored. The opposite occurs. They did not want him to stay at all. They did not want to hear what Jesus had to say. Why did they ask Jesus to leave? Is it because they lost the swine? Is it because Jesus had disturbed their way of life? They did not want to be challenged, changed, confronted and transformed? Do we also ask Jesus to leave when we are challenged, confronted or feel that our conscience is challenged? Do we feel the sacrifice is too much? We cannot let go of our passions and follow Jesus to make changes to our lives. St. Paisio stresses the importance of one becoming aware that he is sick and to take the necessary treatment. If one refuses to acknowledge his illness and ignores the symptoms, one day he will collapse. We must acknowledge our passions and seek treatment in order to prevent the passions overtaking our soul. The people of the Gerasenes asked him to leave. They asked the light to leave. They preferred to live in darkness. In the darkness, you can't see the cobwebs and the dust. The light allows us truly to see our passions and what is inside our hearts and moves us to seek treatment. St. John Chrysostom compares the demonic man with the people that asked Jesus to leave. The demonic man, even though he was known to be possessed and it was obvious by his actions, deep down he wanted to be healed. He was crying for help. The others appeared well. Yet they did not want to be near the light. They wanted to remain in darkness. They asked the Lord to leave. St. John Chrysostom teaches us that all evil comes first from ourselves and only secondly from the devil. If we keep our minds vigilant and our hearts strong in the faith, the devil has no access to us. The devil only acts on our own evil thoughts and so we ourselves open the windows of our hearts to the demons. They feed on our sins and nurture them and we cannot get rid of them easily.
Sometimes we wallow in a certain sin for such a long time that it becomes second nature to us. In this case, only God can save us, both from our own selves and from the claws of the demons. Let us be mindful that Jesus respected the wishes of the people of the Gerasenes and leaves. He does the same with us. He respects our choice and free will. He knocks on the door, but we have a choice whether we ask him to leave and close the door on him or we happily open the door to let him in to enter our hearts. Saint of the Week On the 26th of October, the Church celebrates one of its most well-known saints, Saint Demetrios the Great Martyr and Myrbera. He was born in the year 260 AD in Thessalonica. His parents were well regarded in the city, partly because the father was their chief military commander. From young, Saint Demetrios was reared with love and fear for God. He had two icons which were stored in a private room and which he would use in times of prayer. In terms of the character of Saint Demetrios, we know that he was innocent, humble, virtuous, most of all loving and caring for others. He was also militarily talented. He had great strength and skill in battle. These good attributes led to Saint Demetrios reaching the ear of the emperor of the time, who was Maximian. Maximian was so impressed by Demetrios that he made him the head military commander of Thessalonica. Whilst in this position, Saint Demetrios did not forget his faith, and in fact, with more boldness and greater courage, would preach throughout the city about our Lord Jesus Christ. One day, Maximian returned from a certain great victory of war, and he paraded through every city and would offer sacrifices to the idols. Some idolaters took this as an opportunity to tell Maximian about the fact that Saint Demetrios was a Christian and that he was preaching. Maximian was incredibly saddened to hear that this was the case and he commanded that Saint Demetrios be brought before him. Upon approaching the emperor, Saint Demetrios was questioned why he did not go and greet the emperor and congratulate him over his recent military battle, considering also the fact that the emperor had bestowed so many great honours to Saint Demetrios. He responded by saying that while he did indeed esteem his monarchy, he honoured our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ to a much greater extent. This enraged the emperor, and he was furious. As a result, he ordered that he be tried and imprisoned in a subterranean chamber of a bathhouse which was used to pour out all kinds of useless excess and materials, including excrement. At that time, the emperor had also decided to call a pentathlon. This was a contest which involved five exercises, that of jumping, foot racing, discus, javelin and wrestling. A great contestant that year was Liels, who was a champion wrestler, and he was 
particularly favoured by the emperor because of his might and strength. Now there was a certain youth called Nestor, who saw this pentathlon as an opportunity to show the pagans the true God, and he believed he would be able to do this through challenging Liels to a one-to-one battle. Nestor was a great friend of Saint Demetrios, and before going to challenge Liels, asked for his blessing. Saint Demetrios made the sign of the cross on his forehead, and strengthened and encouraged him to witness and suffer for Christ our Lord. Nestor then went to the arena, where the wrestling occurred, and shouted out to Liels to challenge him to a one-to-one battle. The emperor motioned for Nestor, and asked him why he would sacrifice his life so carelessly. Nestor responded that through defeating Liels, he would be able to receive great honour. The emperor was quite perplexed by this statement. However, seeing that he was unable to convince Nestor, allowed the battle to occur. As Nestor approached Liels, he threw off his outer garment and shouted aloud, O God of Demetrios, help me! And with these words, he drew his dagger and stabbed Liels. The emperor was shocked and traumatized. He thought that Nestor had used some magical power. However, Nestor responded that this was only possible through the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hearing this, the emperor had Nestor executed. And we celebrate St. Nestor the day after the feast of St. Demetrios on the 27th of October. Now the emperor, still saddened, was reminded that Nestor had shouted out the name of St. Demetrios, and so he decided that he would have him executed. The soldiers went to the bathhouse, and they found St. Demetrios praying, and so they drew their lances. St. Demetrios raised his right hand and received the first lance in his side in the same way that Christ was pierced in his side. The other soldiers then pierced him all over his body with their lances. And so St. Demetrios martyred for Christ. What has made St. Demetrios particularly well known in our Orthodox Church is his many miracles after his passing and the fact that his body to this day still gushes with myrrh. Anyone who visits his tomb, which is underneath a church dedicated to him in Thessalonica, will be able to venerate his whole body. And what is often described by many people is the strong smell of the myrrh which flows. Once a year, on his feast day, hierarchs also take his casket up into the main church and wipe away all the myrrh on cotton buds, which can then be distributed to the faithful. When hearing the story of St. Demetrios, it can often be very difficult to really understand how his life applies to us. For one thing, none of us are in the army, and we certainly don't go around wielding swords and helmets and shields. However, if we take the words of St. Paul, St. Demetrios provides the perfect example of how we should be armed spiritually. 
In his epistle to the Ephesians, St. Paul states the following words, Put on the armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the powers, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness on high. Therefore, take up the armor of God, that you may be able to resist in the evil day, and stand in all things perfect. Stand, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of justice, and having your feet shod with the readiness of the gospel of peace, in all things taking up the shield of faith, with which you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the most wicked one, and take unto you the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, that is, the word of God. St. Demetrius had achieved these aims, both physically, but also most importantly, spiritually. And this is something that we can gain, that we too must strive to strengthen our own spiritual armor. In doing so, we will be able to fight the spiritual battles that each has before us. May St. Demetrios be a constant strength and intercessor in our lives. And may we pray to him constantly that he intercedes on behalf of our world. Orthodox Spiritual Reflections The Power of Prayer Saint Elias Ekdikos refers to prayer as fire. He had said that when the soul ceases to be affected by external distractions and becomes united with prayer, then prayer engulfs the soul just as flames encompass and completely inflame iron. The soul remains the same, but it repels those superficial forces which attempt to influence it just as molten iron cannot be touched by human hands. The human person, often referred to by the fathers of the church as the clay body, has the capacity to become inflamed and transformed through the power of prayer. St. Ignatius Brian Chaninov points out that prayer should be the chief task of those who desire to live a spiritual life. Prayer can only be experienced when the Christian actively seeks to fulfill God's commandments. When people maintain bad habits, sinful actions, impure thoughts and destructive passions, 
then they do not allow themselves to become partakers of this great gift of prayer, which all human beings can have access to. Prayer allows the human being to communicate with its Creator. It allows all people to glorify their Father and to thank Him for all His blessings. It allows each person to make requests, ask for guidance and mercy, beg for forgiveness, and to realize that we are all brothers and sisters of the One Father. Through the power of prayer, we can realize another dimension beyond merely what we can see, touch, and hear. We have a tendency to see prayer as a heavy taskmaster. As a result of our fallen nature, we would rather remain in a state of slavery to sin and bad habits, rather than taste the saving grace and the power of prayer. Prayer requires constant struggle, and few souls manage to make real progress in prayer. We are inclined to see prayer as a heavy burden and a very difficult task. For those, however, who have made some progress in this virtue, their lives are constantly being transformed in the image of Christ and his saints. And then, Christ shines through them and gives encouragement and hope to others who are seeking to find the true path to God. Prayer produces virtues such as genuine Christian love, manifested as love towards God, charity towards others, spiritual peace and true communality. The human person who progresses in prayer begins to realize his nakedness, weakness, poverty and utter sinfulness. At the same time, however, he comes face to face with the awesome mercy and wisdom of God and is so moved to heartfelt compunction. So as the human person experiences the saving power of prayer, as he or she comes closer to their maker, then it becomes possible to approach others. Prayer, like a cloud, envelops the soul and protects it from destructive and worthless thoughts, and it gives rise to a spiritual way of seeing and feeling and thinking. This is the power of prayer, to live and radiate the light and kindness that God gives abundantly to his children. Oh, 
We hope you've enjoyed this edition of The Orthodox Journey. To keep up to date with our podcast, subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or head to orthodoxjourney.com where you can find even more Orthodox articles, talks, sermons and podcasts.